The following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape with the snap for Monday, April 17th, 2023. And you know, life is sometimes funny all on its own. You don't have to do anything to spice it up. It's just funny as it goes on. That makes no sense. It's a terrible fucking open, but I'm going with it. See, last week, I decided to start doing these shows. Started calling the snap shorter than the longer programs that I usually do with my brother and do them each day of the week, right? Monday through Friday, just get some activity, right? I was saying, get them on the board, right? And then Friday hit and there just like wasn't anything to rip on at all. So I started thinking to myself, I didn't do a show on Friday. Wasn't anything, like I said, to really talk about. So then I started thinking, you know, maybe... Sunday night through Thursday is the way to go, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that way you'd have something each morning on Monday through. And during the weekday, that is, right? If you're driving, morning commute of some sort, train, whatever. I thought, ah, you know, that's the ticket. That's the way it's going to go. You know, and it works out for me better because... Trying to do them in the morning gets to be kind of tough, and I, you know, at night is just works a little bit better. As I found out last week, trying to get those things done because I, you know, father of two, I got a full time job. So anyway, that was my thought. Yeah, and you need a schedule. You really do, right? If you do any kind of broadcasting, podcasting, whatever the hell it might be, you need a set schedule because ultimately, people are just creatures of habit. And they will tune in and find you if they know when, where, and how to do it. But if you end up dropping shows, oh, I did a show on Tuesday, then I did a show on Wednesday, and then I was Saturday the next week, and then I'm doing shows. It's just like, I I mean, people just are probably not going to catch you, right? Because they look for you on Thursday, you're not there, and then it pops up on Saturday, and who gives a shit? It's gone, right? So, I mean, in, in 2023, you have people laser-focused on doing weekly shows, and they do it every single fucking day. So if you're the Joe or the Jane that pops around just dropping shows every here and there, good luck, right? I mean, and there are people that do two shows a week that deliver every single day, and then daily shows if you want to, right? Will Brenson, uh, Stevie, Pick 6 Podcast, right? You like an NFL you know, show every day, CBS Pick Six podcast, and you can listen to Brenson every single day, right? And I don't—is that also how the fantasy program works with Azer and Eisenberg? They might be every day too, or maybe a couple of days. Anyway, point being, you need a schedule, right? Otherwise, forget it—you're lost. Well, I mean, unless of course you're like unbelievably fucking gifted, funny, good-looking, and also well endowed. I mean. <laughs> That's me. I get it. See what I did there. Anyway, um, no, none of those things. So me dropping shows uh, randomly isn't doing me any good. Uh, anyway, I I get ready to fire up the mics on Sunday, right? Because we were talking about 
doing shit on a schedule and getting to do it on a Sunday night. So uh, I get things ready to go on Sunday night, and I'm like, there's nothing to talk about again. It, it's just like Friday all over. So I don't do anything. Monday it is, but then I don't get home in time in the morning from dropping my kids off to do a show right away, and then work starts, and then I got to put it on the back burner, and I'm like, shit, that is the same damn thing I was trying to avoid. I'm like Montgomery Brewster, right? 10 million, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million. oh, God damn it, I'm right back where I started, right? So here it is, it's Monday, I'm trying to do a schedule, I'm trying to do five days a week, I tried to do Sunday night, didn't work out, Monday morning, so it could be still in the commute, didn't work out, and now it's like Monday midday, and I'm like, what the hell, I did fucking i fucked the whole thing up right trying to fix everything and it didn't work and right at that moment moment right the the funny as headlines started to explode as the largest per year contract in nfl history was signed the largest per year contract in the nfl was signed everybody's going fucking nuts Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Bear, and it is Jalen Hurts. I mean, come on. Jalen Hurts. Jalen fucking Hurts. <laughs> oh, guys. Uh, guys, come on. Fucking ease up a little bit. Don't be rude. Exactly. Thanks, Don. But that was the deal. So Jalen Hurts completing his third season in the NFL locks up to a five-year deal worth $255 million. Pinky to the mouth. So the total value, $255, million, $179 in guaranteed money. And that made Hertz the highest paid player in NFL history uh, per year. Uh, not on a whole holistic number, because that still belongs to Deshaun Watson, as he was guaranteed $230 million. So, in total guaranteed money, actually Hertz is behind Murray as well because Kyler got a buck 89 last year. So he comes in third behind Watson and Murray, but average per year, he topped Aaron Rodgers with 51 million. Pretty impressive for a early 20 second round pick that barely even played his first year. So two years of service under center of the Super Bowl losing team will net you the highest contract per year ever in the history of the NFL. But let's be honest. It's because it's a quarterback, right? I mean, that's how this whole fucking thing works. Get to it in a little bit. Um, But, you know, let's just talk about it from the team aspect. They drafted him second round when they had Wentz under center. Whatever they were thinking about Hurts, whether it be an investment or for... Well, investment of two ways, right? An investment for picks in a trade a la the 
Patriots from years back when they were drafting quarterbacks and then flipping them. Uh, right, they did that several times. Uh, Brissett, Garoppolo. Before them, it was the one guy, and I can't even remember his name, but he went to Baltimore and he completely flamed out. And, and then he had a ton of potential. Anyway, well, whatever. I'm getting off track here. So they invest in him. Wentz ends up being a dud. You know, they throw Hertz in there and he takes off. And so now he's a second rounder. So they've got one year left on his rookie deal. Right, it's four years, no five there. So they're happy with what they got. So sign them now. And that's exactly what they did. Right. Now you look at people like Lamar Jackson, who has been thrown into every one of these stories so far because he didn't sign his deal, which I guess he turned down the two hundred million. And now here Hertz is who has played the last two years, got to the Super Bowl last year and almost won had it not been for terrible fucking coaching and lack of halftime adjustments. They should have won that game. And Jackson, who turned down the $200 million for his want for fully guaranteed, whatever the true story ends up being, well, guess what, buddy? Here it is. The market has been set. So... You have the market is set at two hundred and fifty five million and fifty million a year. So that is what you're gonna have to weigh yourself against. And the Ravens, if they were considering anything, are going to use that, like I said, as the barometer. So whether or not their offer previously was better than that, you know, if it, if it's on par with that and maybe a little bit above, they probably just keep it and they're like, Hey, do you want to sign this now? Fucking get this done, asshole. You know, I don't know what you're waiting out for, but here you go. You can just see, you know, the Watson thing is done. Nobody's ever doing it. Right? Here you go with, you know, the Eagles just signed their star quarterback, I guess you could call him here. Uh, I That that is up for debate. Um, but their, you know, starting quarterback in a Super Bowl losing game who had a phenomenal game and probably should have won. And he's going to take $180 million, right? 50, 51 guaranteed. So what do you want to do here, Lamar? So that's obviously going to have an impact. This contract will be peanuts in just a short while because Joe Burrow and Justin Hebert... Hebert, God damn it, there I go again. Oh my God. Justin Herbert showing my age... Uh, calling Herbert Haybear, which, which is what happened, I don't even know how long ago now, two years ago when I started doing it with my brother. Uh, and I was able to kick it, but not today. So Burrow and Herbert uh, are the next up. And obviously they will probably most likely match, if not beat, this contract itself. So, you know, that is where we stand. Now, why do the Eagles give Hertz? such a contract with only two years of service. Well, if you want to read Mike Florio, he's going to say right here, uh, I'll read it for you. They recognize the value of the player. They realize that he's only going to get better the more he plays. And they made the commitment necessary to keep him around well into the future. They realize that he'll only get better the more he plays. That doesn't always happen. Just saying. 
That doesn't always happen. But that is the rationale for signing this deal, is that you have your player and you like what you're seeing. And so from the Eagles' standpoint, they liked it, they're good, they signed them, they're done with it. And now they can look to keep players that they have or uh, bring in new players or whatever the hell it might be. So let's go to CBS. Uh, this was written by Brian D'Antonio, uh, whatever. Highest paid, uh, NFL hi- highest paid player in NFL history in terms of annu- annual v- average value. Sure, you know, we just covered that. Uh, his Super Bowl game was phenomenal. His playoff run was just as good. Playoffs, 66.7% of his passes were completed. Three touchdowns, no picks. That was in the playoffs. And then he had that injury. But despite that injury, he had 304 yards in the air, plus a touchdown, completing 71% of his passes in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Ran for three scores. That tied Terrell Davis's 25-year-old Super Bowl. Wow, Davis's record was 25 years old. That's crazy, crazy. Uh, and so three scores on the ground for Hertz tied Davis's record, which was a quarter of a century old. And so obviously, with two years of solid service, a phenomenal end to the season was all the Eagles needed to sign him, right? So, where do we go from here? Well, you know, I would like to go and do a little uh, Jocktober ripoff, as you will, as let's go to the worldwide leader in sports because I, I am just a glutton for punishment, right? Like the, I, I might have mentioned it on this program. I think I did, but I love listening to shit that makes me mad. And so I just consistently do it. And my therapist would be like, it's because you're fucking crazy, sir. Uh, and I think I just did that whole bit a second time because I did that last week, but that is the fucking truth. So as soon as all of this hits, I end up going to the internets to go see what I can pull. And the first thing I see off ESPN, I was hoping for Mina Kimes, I couldn't find her, but I did find the great Stephen A. Smith. So let's just simply go into the Stephen A. Smith uh, rant here. Because, I mean, it is, it's Stephen A. Smith, right? So it's supposed to be ridiculous. But here, for whatever reason, it just, it got me more so. Um, because, as we'll hear, it's just, I can't believe he gets paid this much. You, as an audience, don't get anything from him. Not to mention, what you do get sometimes is patently offensive because it's so fucking stupid. But it is what it is. Let, let's uh, hear Mr. Smith as he talks about Jalen Hurts and his uh, contract extension here. Uh, come on, play, sucker. The fact that Jalen Hurts got this contract. Yes. It's news. That what? Congratulations. <laughs> All right, stop. <laughs> fucking pause. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I've watched this clip maybe five times so far. And I've tried to figure out what that whole open was all about. With him doing the whole nonchalant, who really gives a fuck open, it's news, congratulations. And then I finally, I think I pieced it together because I think what he was trying to do was none of this should impress any of us. 
We should have expected this coming. We should have seen this coming a mile away. And to a degree, I agree with him. I agree with him. But I don't know. I, I, I think there was more to his little shtick. But anyway, let, let's reset and just listen to this over again. Because from a broadcasting standpoint, the monotone, I, what, what the fuck are you doing here? But again, I think it's to establish that this isn't news because this kid was so good and he deserved this ages ago, even though he's only played two years. The fact that Jalen Hurts got this contract, mm-hmm. it's news. It is. Big news. Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> okay. He deserves every penny. He, He's Hold on. He deserves it? He deserves every penny. He deserves every single penny that he got. He's played two years. He played four games in 2020, 15 in 21, and in 22. He lost to the Bucks in his first full year as a starter. Lost 35-15, right, to a Bucks team that then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, lost to the Rams, right? That was the uh, all-out blitz, which made no sense. And Cooper Cup beat him, and then it was a field goal, right, versus the Rams. Uh, and and <laughs> oddly enough, that fucking Bowles call landed Bowles the head coaching job once Brady got... Uh, Arians fucking tossed, right? Anyway, that that was his 2021 year. Loses to the Bucks, and then last year, great, gets injured, battles through it, loses to the Chiefs, but not his fault, coaching. But, I, I mean, he deserves it. Does he deserve it? I mean, the, the two years of service, two years of service, like, grant you the deserve it moniker? I don't know. There's probably a shit ton of NFL players that would beg to differ, but whatever. It's just me. Earned it, not just because of his exceptional play on the field, mm-hmm, but his but... leadership as well. Okay. And No. <laughs> it's because of your performance on the field. Because good leaders that play like shit ride the pine. That's what happens. The growth and the maturation that he's put on display. Ooh, maturation. Being a guy that was drafted in Empty the second words. round. To come into this league as a backup. To win the starting job. Okay, stop it again. He won the starting job because... You're probably going to get sick of the car crashes, but it is what it is. He won the starting job because Carson Wentz blows dick. That's why he won the starting job. Okay? Let's just establish that. To get to the playoffs and lose to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Then to follow up with his maturation and oh, working out there it is all again. season. Hold and on. Re- working out all off season. Maturation, guess what? That happens to everybody. Working out in the off season, that's the job. That's the fucking job. That's everybody's job. Everybody that wakes up that goes to a job is supposed to work, mature in that job, and get better. Even if you're like the most blue-collar, fucking low-grade, bullshit job person. You are supposed to go to your... That should be your own expectation, is to go to work and work hard to get better. So, maturation, empty word. Working hard in the offseason, working out with it, that's the goddamn job. That's what we're rewarding. 
But obviously you compare that to fucking Kyler Murray who has homework clauses in his contract. And yeah, I guess we, we fucking set the bar so low that this is pretty impressive that this guy actually fucking puts effort in, comes to work and works out. Okay, all right, whatever. Really just debunking and dismissing all the skeptics and what they were saying about him from an evaluating standpoint. Uh, the way- okay, skeptics. Do we remember that this guy was like king shit at Alabama? Right? Where were the skeptics? Because then then he left. He went to the transfer portal. And then he continued to start somewhere else. And the only reason he lost that job, you know, Saban went with two. And, you know, the whole tank. And then, you know. He went to another program, started, finished his career, and had a good year, right? Just asked Oklahoma. I think they were happy with it. So where are the skeptics? I mean, everybody's known this guy had talent since he, like I said, went to Bama. And I think everybody thought that the pick by the Eagles, I shouldn't say everybody, I think the majority of people thought that the pick by the Eagles was aggressive. But in 2020, it might have been aggressive for them in the second round. But let me just throw some things at you. Okay? So here you go. Jalen Hurts picked 21 in the second round. 53rd overall. Right? Goes to the Eagles. Pick before him, Cam Akers, FSU. Pick after him, AJ Empen, uh, the defensive end. Empen... And Penza? Oh, J.K. Dobbins, a pick after that. Right? So those are the four pick, for the picks. Akers, Hurts, and Pinata, and Dobbins. So those were, the, those were the four picks. So let's just rewind from 21 to 18. So four picks prior. That was the Bears. Bears had two picks in that round. Mitch Trubisky under center. They had pick 11 and pick 18. Pick 11, they went with Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame. And pick 18, they went with Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, out of Utah. So you tell me, would there have been any skeptics had the Bears with those two picks grabbed Jalen Hurts? No. They almost probably immediately would have been counting the days until he ended up under center. That's what would have happened. Right? And so, I'm going to throw another one at you. Had the Eagles not grabbed Hurts there at 21, 53 overall, second round, do you think he would have gotten past the Jets at 27? Denzel Mims. Remember, 2020, right? So, I, I doubt it. Doubt it. So, either of those teams could have grabbed him. And does he end up being, uh, you know, does he have this litany of skeptics? No. No. And we'll play a little bit, you know, it was a question mark for the Eagles. 
But I don't think that there was a shit ton of skeptics that was like, this kid doesn't have a shot in the pros. I don't remember that ever. 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 And then to be saying that now, you know, whatever. You're going to be skeptical of every quarterback that goes under center when they start their career because you have no clue what you have in them. That's just the way it goes. Daniel Jones, skeptical to begin with, still skeptical. Well, not skeptical. I don't think he's any good. I think he sucks. Anyway, um, I, I, I digress here. So let's go back to the great Stephen A. Smith uh, talking about skeptics, right? That his game had matured nope. was something. Matured. To there you go. He deserves this money, Nicole Link. Congrats to her. Ah, uh, major, here we major go. Major props for her pulling this off. It was necessary. She had to do it. Okay, here we go with Nicole Lynn. It was necessary, and she had to do it. First of all, Nicole Lynn is an agent. Any agent who works for, hired by, represents a quarterback is going to sign that quarterback should they be good and a starter on a good team, even a bad team, for a shit ton of money. The better the quarterback and the better the team and the better the cap situation around said team, the bigger that contract is going to be. That's just the way that it works. And let's just do a a test right now. So, who is Joe Burrow's agent? Some of you are going to know. Most of you. Again, who is Justin Herbert's agent? Oh, sorry. Justin Haber, if I want to keep up with a fucking atrocity that is my name, uh, remembrance, Pronunciation. Nope. Not many, no. Now, yes, there are, you know, NFL aficionados and uh, avid, avid fans that are going to know all of them. However, I would say that the majority of people didn't know who either of those players' representation was. Now, Hertz... Maybe because there was a big deal made about his entire his entire working force, right? A, a representation across the board, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think they're all women, right? Everybody he has working for his best interests are women. Uh, agent, marketing, uh, you know, marketing lead. Uh, I, I don't know, social media monitor, I whatever positions he has hired to watch after his interest. It could be maybe financial advisor, who the fuck knows. But everybody in his close circle, from what I understand, if I remember right, and I could be botching it, in which case just tell me to go fuck myself, uh, are all girls, right? So um, different here for him because... He hired all girls. And and that kind of makes it a story because he did, I don't think anybody um, on the prof, in the male professional big sports has hired an entire stable of women to run his operations. Again, I could be wrong, but I don't remember hearing that story anywhere, right? So, 
Um, but from Nicole Lynn's standpoint, she is the agent for a quarterback in the NFL. So when they go to sign the contract, it's going to be a mega deal. It's going to be a mega fucking deal, right? And depending on when you sign the contract, in all likelihood, you're going to sign a bigger contract than the person before you. And if the person before you isn't as good as you, you're probably going to sign for more than them. I, I you know, you, it's going to be an odd day when a quarterback signs who is a starter, their team goes to the Super Bowl or far in the playoffs and is better than any other quarterback signing or possibly a quarterback that signed the year before and doesn't get as much as or more than the previous signings, right? It just doesn't work that way. It is an uphill acceleration of money when you are a quarterback or the best at your position in any NFL position and you end up making more money. That's just the way it goes. It goes up. So anyway, she ends up signing this deal, and then you're like, okay, you know, Clutch Sports. Let's finish out Stephen Ace. Here. Um, if I remember correct, I believe she works under Clutch Sports. Yeah, Rich there you Paul go. and those folks. And that's what. Congratulations to them. Major, major props. Major, major props. Why, why is it major, major props? Why? They're a fucking agency that had a quarterback that just signed a deal bigger than the other quarterbacks that were there and open, right? Uh, the best quarterback on the market wanted to stay. They wanted to lock him up, and so they did. And as a result, according to process, they signed him to a bigger deal than the other people got. That's the way that happens. Now... I don't know if I have ever heard anybody go and, you know, yap about everybody else's representation and kudos to CAA, right, or kudos to, um, uh, you know, insert agent here, right, Uh, Drew Rosenhaus or uh, any of the big agents. I, you know, I don't, I don't remember hearing it, but here, you know, shout out to Clutch Sports, major props for getting an NFL deal that, I mean, they're basically completely structured and, <laughs> I mean, they're they're written before they're actually put on paper. I mean, they just, that's the way that it is. But anyway, um, kudos to Clutch Sports is Stephen A. Now, why Clutch Sports? Well, Clutch Sports is Rich Paul, LeBron James. I mean, it's really all you have. I, you know, the ass kissing that goes along here is is crazy. Um, but so is professional sports, especially media, um, especially in 2023. And if you want to read about Clutch Sports, just go on the internet. This is the LeBron James started sports group. You know, Rich Paul. He Rich Paul was the I mean, he met him flipping jerseys, if I remember the story correctly, um, Rich Paul, and then brought him along, and he signed with, uh, I don't know, I the, the guy who is the president of the Knicks right now was his, uh, let me just look it up real quick, Leon Rose. Leon Rose uh, worked, uh, signed LeBron. LeBron wanted Rich Paul to come along, and so he did. And so they went to CAA. And he was LeBron's agent, I think a signing or two. I don't know how many. But then eventually, when all, you know, came time, 
LeBron was like, yeah, thanks, peace out. Me and Rich Paul are starting our own thing, Clutch Sports, and that was somewhere in the early teens, tens. Um, I don't know, he, because he came in in 03, and it was, I don't know, whatever. It was early tens. Go Google it. But Leon Rose, Leo Rose now is the president of the New York Knicks. So he left CAA to do the Nick thing because he was a you know NBA agent. I think it was you know trying to build up the Knicks uh, roster as president. So anyway, so that's what happened. So Clutch Sports goes off, and then they end up you know building up their own stable of NBAers and then NFLers. Now the real reason that this is big for Clutch is this much I did have ready to go is that if you look at Clutch Sports athletes. Right, you have a couple of big names. I bet they were really super stoked to get Chase Young because I think that they thought that Chase Young, and they might have Miles Garrett too. Hold on, let me look. Uh, I know they have Chase Young, but uh, Chase Young, right? I imagine as an edge would have been the player they thought they were really going to break the bank with, right? And then he ends up getting hurt, and he hasn't really played, you know, since his uh, rookie season. And what's funny is you, you have Chase Young, and you have Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts, you know, didn't play year one. Uh, Young blew up, then he gets hurt, you know, Hurts gets in there, and then Hurts gets his mega contract. But, I mean, if you look at the rest of their stable, I, you know, Makai Becton, solid offensive lineman, some potential for a big signing there, but always injured. Uh, you know, we talked about Young. Uh, let's take Hurts out because we just talked about him. Uh, yeah, Akuda, who was a cornerback, who we just talked about because he got traded. Tons of potential in cornerbacks, but nothing materialized that there. Um, Devontae Smith, so wide receiver, uh, he'll be coming up, but they just traded for A.J. Brown. So what is Devontae Smith going to get when he comes to free agency? Uh, we'll see there. Quinton Williams, that's going to be a defensive lineman, so that's big money. They're talking about them, him now. Uh, so, But this was the big-time get for their NFL stable, and they'll use this to try to recruit other NFL athletes, right? And so, the, you know, Clutch Sports has done a phenomenal job at growth since they took off uh, with LeBron James and Rich Paul going solo. And, uh, you know, they, they have a, a bunch of NBAers, not, you know, I, I guess solid. Uh, NFL's not nearly as good as their NFL, uh, NBA athletes. But uh, I digress. So that is Clutch Sports. And so here you go with fucking Stephen A. Smith giving kudos to Clutch Sports and Nicole Lynn. And to be completely honest, it's the fucking textbook definition of virtue signaling. That's what that is. Because if you really wanted to give accolades to Nicole Lynn, you should have done it when she first signed Jalen Hurts. Because when you first signed Jalen Hurts and he's a quarterback in that draft, and he gets picked in the second round, the first thing you should be thinking about is that, whoa, this is, and we'll get into this, first girl uh, agent, and she just signed Jalen Hurts, who's a quarterback on a team that has a quarterback, and they've just had a ton of success over the past three, four years. If they're thinking that maybe Wentz isn't the man, then Hurts could be under center, and that means when he comes due to a contract, 
this girl could break the bank. That's when you should have been starting all the talk about this. To sit there and talk about it now, when you don't talk about any other agents that sign big deals for other players. you know. But then again, maybe I just don't watch enough ESPN. But I never hear it. I've heard Nicole Lynn all day. It's especially when I started watching the ESPN clips. Um, but I've not heard other agents. So, to me, I mean, you're... Uh, yay, she's a girl. You know, congratulations. Okay. Yeah, fucking good for her. But if you want to really, really dig in and give her... Uh, not the props, but you want to make the story good... Talk about how this whole thing happened, right? So she goes to the University of Oklahoma. She goes to law school. Uh, she can't afford. She gets an internship at NFL Property, not NFL Property. Sorry, NFL PA. She can't. If I if I read the story right, she can't afford it. So she goes for a scholarship, and they cover all the costs for her living and everything else to pull off the internship at NFL. Uh, PA. During that internship, she ends up doing a whole bunch of negotiations for players, their image and likeness, other kinds of contractual things. Awesome compliment to the internship and her striving toward the goal of being an agent, right? Which she's quoted in the story that that's what she wanted to do. So, as somebody that also had a internship at NFL, I was at the NFL uh, marketing. So uh, what the hell was it called? It's now just the NFL, but it used to be uh, NFL. Uh, shit, I always said it. Now I forgot it. But anyway, uh, NFL marketing, uh, NFL properties. That's right. Uh, NFL properties. I wanted to have a huge career at the NFL too. And I remember sitting on the properties floor and my boss Ty Stewart who now is the president of the World Series of Poker. Big, big shot at Harry's has been for years. But uh, I, I was under him and he's, and he's like, you know who that is in that fucking corner office? I'm like, I don't, why should I? And he was like, yeah asshole, you want to be here. That's fucking Roger Goodell. And I was like eh, okay, and good good Roger Goodell asshole. He's going to be the next commissioner of the National Football League. And I was like, oh yeah, I probably should know that. But Maybe that's why it didn't work out and I never <laughs> got a job there. But um, as somebody that had an internship and also wanted to reach uh, you know, high stature in the professional football realm, um, kudos, that's what everybody wants. So she gets the opportunity, can't afford it, gets, you know, sponsorship or, you know, uh, funds Grants to, in order to pull it off, she does. And she becomes the first female agent in some regard, either with the NFL, um, here it is, alumni is, and this is from the OU College of Law uh, website, right, back in 2015. She is the players' rep's first female sports agent. First one. First one. So that in itself is pretty impressive. But the real kicker and how you make this story fucking good is you go to the end of this story. And this is what she says. Quote, there are currently no African-American female agents who have an NFL player on a team roster. I hope to be the first. 
Well, fucking boom! You are! Congratulations, because you are that. Fucking monster. Monster. So she said that this article was written 2011, or sorry, December 11th, 2015. There are no African-American female agents who have an NFL player on a team, and I hope to be the first. How did she actually land with him? That being Jalen Hurts. Lynn initially contacted with Hertz via Instagram after he finished his college career. Lynn recalled, and this is an article written uh, MSN.com. Uh, uh, Lynn recalls writing uh, in an interview with Sports Illustrated. She said, hey, have you picked an agent? If not, I'd love the link via Instagram. And that led to conversations, which then led to her hiring. So... You want to know where the story is? It's not Nicole Lynn signing a contract that was pre-written before the ink hit the paper. To use that one again. Shit. I mean, Stephen A. Smith used the fucking word maturation five times in his goddamn two-minute segment. So I can use uh, I can use some things twice, too. Uh, so, like I said, this was pre-written. That's not why Nicole Lynn gets the accolades or why she deserves a story. She deserves a story... When she became the first agent, player agent, she deserved the story when she landed Jalen Hurts through Instagram and her hard work, but not for a contract writing itself. So, but, all right, where am I at now? God damn, I am, I, I went really long here. I had so much other stuff I want to do. Well, let's do a little bit more, right? So, we touched on her. So, congratulations to her. Uh, fucking Jocktober on Stephen A. Smith. You could do that all goddamn day. That guy is just a fucking blithering idiot. Uh, can you say idiot in 2023? I'm not sure anymore. According to Michigan State, you can't. Go read that story whenever you get a chance. <laughs> fucking word police are out. So, like I said, one of the people that I wanted to go grab was Mina Kimes. So, I couldn't find her today. And then a quick YouTube search. I got... Dan Lebetard, uh, I didn't work with him. I worked around him in the same building uh, and was nothing but nice to me anytime he saw me. Uh, it was the early years of 790 a ticket, which is no more. RIP. Peace out. Uh, but whenever I bumped into Dan, he was super nice to me. So he, he has gone on. He left ESPN. Um, you know, it became a mega star with a mega show. Uh, up there with Stugatz, who I, you know, initially started the whole damn thing uh, because him, he was, uh, I think he might have been buying airtime on Fox Sports, but he was uh, Hank Goldberg's producer back in the day, and then I heard him on Fox Sports sitting uh, at a at a pool with my headphones on uh, when I was going to grad school at UM. All of a sudden, this guy Stugatz, I said, you know, this guy kind of sounds like New York radio. I kind of like it. Uh, and then little, you know, he starts up the station and, and I ended up uh, interning and then getting my first and only radio gig there. Well, actually not my only, I had a couple after that. But anyway, uh, Levitard uh, hops on to that and off they go, freight train. And at the time of this interview, Levitard had started the, whatever the show was with his dad, Highly Questionable. Was it highly questionable? And so, sure enough, he's got Mina Kimes on the air with Katie Nolan, who was another ESPN 
you know, star, just set for stardom, Katie Nolan. I don't know what happened to her. She might still be there. She might not. I, I know I, I read a lot about her before, um, but, you know, I, I mean, all of these, I, can we call them starlets or is that offensive too? Fuck it. In 2023, everything is. So all these ESPN starlets, Fox starlets, NBC starlets, they're always good for a little bit. And then they move along. You know, so like Aaron Andrews was ESPN's darling child all the way back when. And, you know, I, you know, then all of a sudden she's ironing naked. She wins a lot of money versus Marriott. Doesn't matter. She was big anyway. Um, but, you know, I mean, through the years, there's been so many. I, I just actually saw Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle, who was an ESPN hooper. You know, she was a big time with the NBA, and then she bounced around. I don't know where she ended up. And I just saw her on, on a show on FanDuel TV, who also picked the one and only um, What's-Her-Face from, and that's where I wanted to go with this story, but she was uh, the talk of the town for, uh, it's a, a morning show with, uh, She's pretty attractive. She's kind of super skinny now in the Instagram photos that I see, which is kind of weird. But um, whatever. It's uh, the morning uh, the morning show. Whatever it is. But she was the talk of the town for NFL Networks for a while. And now she's gone. So all these uh, starlets, they all come and go. But again, the day that you show me, uh, you know, a five foot three. 300-pound ESPN uh, female megastar. Uh, you know, that'll be the day. Uh, so anyway, Mina Kimes here, Katie Nolan, talking to Dan Lebetard on Highly Quarantined. And this was in 2020 when they actually drafted the great Jalen Hurts. So let's see what Mina Kimes and Dan Lebetard have to say about Jalen Hurts. And I think that they must have a creative use for Jalen Hurts. I don't think of this yeah. as something that Fair. is uncertainty about Carson Wentz, who they've already paid as much as trying to see if you can find Russell Whoop. Wilson in the third round when Russell Wilson, I think we'd all that agree, is better than Carson Wentz. Here we go. This will not endear me to Eagles fans who are very angry on the internet. Right All right, now. well, what is it? The more I think about the Hurts move, the more I like it. And it's in oh. large part because I think they really like Jalen Hurts. I don't think they're BSing when they compare him to Russell. And well, Lamar you would think so if they drafted him in the second fucking round, right? Third, fourth round, a little different. But in the second round, the second round. I, yeah, of course that they'd like him. Of course they'd like him if it's in the second round. Come on. The fuck? Not to mention, let's let we have talked about this on the podcast, whether you're listening here or you've listening for a couple of years or I, whatever it is. I'm just going to establish again. My brother and I have talked about you should just draft quarterbacks. I, I, every team should do this. You should invest one to two picks a year in quarterbacks, depending on how bad or good you are. You have nothing to lose in drafting a quarterback, especially late late rounds. Your final pick of the draft, grab a quarterback. It doesn't matter who they are because sometimes you just pull shit out of your ass. The Tom Brady's, Russell Wilson was higher, but I you know, I mean the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on at people that just sometimes come out of nowhere. You know, it's not big but occasionally they do come out of nowhere. It's worth the risk. The risk is worth the reward. I don't think that there are any quarterbacks that were like, you know, super involved in the NFL or, you know, came into the draft or got drafted. People that didn't miss 
right? I, I mean, I don't think there was... I thought Josh Rosen was going to be good. I couldn't have been more wrong. But on the flip side, I don't think there was any Josh Rosens that were really good that got slept on that didn't get a shot. That doesn't happen. That's why you just draft quarterbacks at least one a year. Because you just give them a shot. And then you're like, you know what? Didn't work out. But had it worked out, we could have flipped all these motherfuckers. <laughs> just like the Patriots or anybody else. You know, I mean, Matt Flynn, remember him? He, he got fucking, you know, picks for him. I, I mean, if you have some kind of quarterback commodity that looks like it could be something starter material, somebody's going to give you something for it. So why not draft him? So anyway, you should draft a quarterback. But if you're drafting one in the second round, yes, the team fucking likes him, Mina. Mar, not to say that he's a comfortable player, but that he brings a lot of value to this team. Obviously, as the backup, and they know the value of backups more than mm-hmm. other teams. I think he brings more upside than a cheap veteran or a later round draft pick. I think they think they can yeah. use him in interesting ways. You alluded to Dan. And remember the, it, 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 interesting ways. This is when they started doing the whole, you know, like the quarterback was going to be a runner, and sometimes you'd throw a, co- a, a runner in there, a running quarterback. It was the whole like we want Michael Vick, but maybe not on every down. So can we do this? Maybe a wildcat, but a wildcat with a quarterback that can actually throw the ball. You know, it was it was that whole thing. So you know, it's like oh yeah, well maybe he can do a little bit of that, and it's a change up from what we usually do, right? Okay. The Taysom Hill thing, potentially in high Taysom leverage Hill. situations and short yardage at the goal line. He brings mm-hmm. a lot of value there. Uh, and if you remember short yardage, uh, that came up again just a year ago with uh, fucking uh, whatever, Trey uh, uh, Lance. Uh, Trey Lance. In the playoff game when Garoppolo ended up beating Green Bay when everybody on the internet was like, I don't know why Shanahan isn't throwing Trey Lance in there for, for some kind of running attack. I'm like, okay, God, you know, Shanahan doesn't know what he's doing. You do. But, you know, there it is. It, you know, it, it's all this, oh, maybe for situational running attacks. And also as an investment. I think there they believe he is a good player who they can develop and then That's potentially it. flip for more picks down the road. Now, the downside of it is the opportunity cost but this isn't like the packers right they drafted wide receiver for carson wentz a good one in the first round and added speed across the roster i think for the most part that's not necessarily true either because the opportunity cost for what like you had a shaky quarterback the opportunity cost of a second rounder would have been if you had you know i mean to the example that she pointed out which was Aaron Rodgers and burning a pick on Jordan Love, right? I mean, I, it, they didn't have question about Aaron Rodgers being shitty. They had questions about Aaron Rodgers and the length he might play, right? But it wasn't about him being shitty. I, you know, I, I mean, sure, a, a little opportunity cost lost with Jordan Love. I mean, a lot, right? Because, you know, Rodgers, they could have stuck with forever. But here in the second round, this wasn't like, yeah, we got Carson Wentz, and why don't we put a, a wide receiver with a second pick with Carson Wentz? No. This was, Carson Wentz might fucking suck, and if so, we're kind of screwed. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think that Foles ends up going to Chicago this year, right? Because that, you know, they didn't, Chicago didn't draft Hurts. Uh, they had two picks. They passed up on it. We went over that. But anyway, the opportunity cost, I, I think that was a, a mistake right there, but whatever. The benefits of Jalen Hurts outweigh that minimal cost. Yeah, uh, you know, you... Again, not a minimal cost. A second-round pick is not a minimal cost. Second-round pick is a big fucking deal. 
But yes, the benefits outweigh anything, especially when you have a shaky quarterback. So now we get to Katie Nolan. I don't know what Katie. Let's listen to her. You guys aren't coming to me for my draft expertise. It's not something that you know (laughs) I've got a lot to say on. But I will say this is a story I can actually relate to. I've been the Eagles before in my (laughs) fantasy draft where you have people that you want and you know you shouldn't be taking them at certain rounds. So sometimes you reach for a guy you didn't need to reach for and you take a guy who's not a good fit for your team, but it's just because you've done it differently in the past and that didn't work. So, hey, might as well try this and see if it works. Um, I did that and I won a championship last year. So I'm going to go ahead and say, based on that very real-life data, that uh, that this is going to work out for the Eagles. Also, I know, uh, Dan, you said earlier that you want to draft a really – they talk about a guy they could have drafted, yeah, yeah, a really yeah, talented yeah. guy that they wanted because it panned out. And Russell Wilson, incredibly talented. But uh, I don't want us to forget that he has had his shortcomings. Wow. Oh. <laughs> it was a short joke. It was a short joke. So anyway, uh, that was the great Mina Kimes. Uh, like I said, I, th- this whole thing. <sighs> It's it, it's amazing that our world has, has evolved the way that it has, that we, we get such talent to just blow our eardrums out on a daily basis. Uh, and I just, I did it all wrong. I, I, should, I, I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't be bent. I should applaud all these people for doing exactly what I wanted to do. And then I would be up there and then me, I would be sitting in this chair just shitting on myself i you know i am a walking hypochondriac hypochondriac god damn fucking brain breaking down because i'm recording super late hypocrite hypocrite which my eldest son called me a hypocrite at the like the perfect timing i mean he did it and it was like kudos kid i am a hypocrite and anyway i'd be a hypocrite to myself here because i'm shitting on people and i'd just be shitting on myself because i get up there and i wouldn't be any good uh, but it, then here's another show that uh, I've never listened to, and I don't understand it when I do listen to it because I try to get into Pac McAfee and I can't do it. But here he is talking to uh, Ian Rappaport about this whole deal. And this guy, I think he's about to walk away from Barstool Sports to sign with somebody else and make even more money. I, you know, I, I just. I can't understand. Or, or no, he left Barstools to go to drag. I, I don't know. But he's about to leave and go somewhere else for even more money. And this is this is the show. I, I've listened to this. So this is crazy to me that this guy fucking pulls in what he does. Okay, so let's follow up on a couple of these. As soon as they get to the Super Bowl, they decide that they're going to do this with him because he's a second rounder on a rookie contract. Yep. This kind of came out of nowhere and have uh, Nicole, I believe, from Clutch Sports. Didn't- Shout out. Yep. Shout out. There it is. Agent Nicole Lynn, I believe, is the social media handle. I should have done a little bit more research. She's a dog. Uh, her and the Philadelphia Eagles have been talking for how long, and how have we not known about Everybody's it? Everybody's got a virtue signal. Congratulations. If I haven't said uh, congratulations, we, Nicole Lynn. Don't cancel me. Probably about two months. Really since. So I think the Eagles identified probably pretty early on last you think? season. When, like, you know. Jalen finished really strong. Maybe when they drafted him. So 2021. And there was some. When you draft a quarterback and then you play him at the back half of his first year and then you you immediately start him and he has a good season. Well, guess what? I I mean, in the second round without a fifth year option, uh, you know, a a fifth year of the deal. You're yes. You know, they're going to start thinking about re-signing him, especially since, you know, you get a better deal the earlier you sign him. 
That's the way that it works. So thanks, Ian. You know, I remember talking on our pregame show, like the Eagles view Jalen as a franchise quarterback. They probably knew at the end of last year, and then we all could tell. like They probably knew at the end of last year. When? Before or after the Super Bowl? The public, like he was balling. Like this guy was good, and so it's like, all right, well, if he's that good, second rounder only has one year left. Remember, he was injured, by the way. I mean, he was playing really good, and then he got injured. And uh, after he got injured, you know, he really kind of wasn't the same up until he has his phenomenal Super Bowl game. But balling, right? He was balling at the end of the year, especially when he was hurt. Left, He's going to get paid. So I think they identified this pretty early. Um, they've been talking for a couple months. It's mm-hmm. been, you know, somewhat intense negotiations, but very amicable. Like, it's, you know, this is big money you're talking about. This is worth Um it is something two hundred million dollars, whatever fucking like McAfee got. He's sitting there playing with his fucking goatee. Uh, at the owners' meeting, he's in a black tank top. What's up with a blank fucking tank top? Soon, and that was about two and a half. I don't weeks get it. Ago. So what you get? Was that all off the record? He said that on the record. No, on the record. How did we miss it? It was, it was kind of at so the now, end of now the he's, he spoke last. Now he's riffing and like talked to only the Gonna riff a little local bit. Media. I'm really mad. And Why so didn't we get that fucking story? Go under the huh. radar a little. We should have got that. That we should have caught. Yeah. Right now, Gumpy's up in Canada going, "How, pal? How the fuck I miss fucking? How did I miss that? So congrats to Caleb. Obviously, and the Eagles, mullets, long hairs, hats. Nicole Lynn for being a fucking boss there. Largest contract in the history of the NFL. There it is again. Largest contract. Nicole Lynn, female. In sports, okay? In sports. In sports. Okay, obviously in sports. Check them off. Obviously, there's hundreds and billions of dollars happening out there. The next conversation is an easy one to have immediately upon seeing Jalen get paid. Lamar Jackson's deal, right? This is just, now this is what Everybody's Baltimore would just say. Uh, hey, here's the deal. He's made it to a Super Bowl. You haven't. We still have a lot of faith in you. Yeah, He's getting paid much earlier than you are. Here's the deal. Is that kind of how this is going to work? And McAfee must make his money on the everything other year, than this. Before it's got to be. The Ravens the offered shit. Lamar Jackson a deal in the that show that I don't listen APY, to. APY, so average per year based on new money, did not match this. This is fifty-one. That was fifty. But in a lot yeah, one hundred and thirty-three guaranteed versus one hundred and seventy-four guaranteed. Right. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. a lot of other, well, you know, the, it's I know I suck fully guaranteed because I think I said deal. numbers similar so to this. Like, I didn't shit on myself, and now I'm listening to this, to this program, and I want to shit Actually, on them for doing so what I did. So whenever we read that one, it said 170 some million. And whenever we read the Lamar report, which is only coming out from the Raven side, which we assume is accurate, uh, it said okay. 133. Where, where are we going so with this? So it seems to be 41 million off, but you're saying... I mean, I'm not so going to pack McAfee for fucking at, math so talk. That's for shit sure. Sarah Ellison Shout on the Twitters. Shout out, Sarah. Um, and, who actually... Kind of broke it down based on Ian Rappaport. Now is going to Elson Twitter. Is the tw- if you want to look to I believe her breakdown <laughs> comparing the two deals is accurate. If you want to throw it up there at some point, he's going he's to Twitter and he's an NFL is, uh, fucking you know reporter. I, I do believe the Ravens? Ian Rappaport makes money as an you know, NFL reporter, and he's going to some girl's Twitter to rip down the fucking side-by-side comparison. Total value. Sarah Ellison. 200 million? Lamar Jackson's total guarantee was 200 million? We know that? I believe that is... I believe that that includes a kicker that, like, would have kicked in year two, but obviously you're not going to cut him after one year, so I believe that 
is essentially the total guarantee. Really? I don't think we've ever heard. <laughs> no, that was the discussion we had so everything that you just read off the off Twitter like on that girl's feed like is that the deal? I, I think. Well, there's a caveat. For one year, you're not going to cut. Yeah, that's the deal. Hundred million was the guarantee. Now it feels like we've got a lot. What are we paying you for? Ravens have offered Lamar Jackson two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean they've and and That's then news. they. I don't know why. And we're then like, why have we? Why do we? What suck are you so talking bad? about? You know I mean? No, because how do we suck so fucking no, bad? We that. missed it's the Jalen. Laurie said a deal is coming around corner, and we just didn't even listen to it. Oh, and then Lamar's thing happens. Just... He said one thirty-three without an agent, though. It was never like, hey, they offered me two hundred well, million dollars. Well, yeah. News inducing radio for two hundred million dollars a year. I believe that was on a three-year deal. Which means so that this news. must be... I, we, we did not hear that. <laughs> fucking beyond. There must be years? cars crashing that's not a bad deal. as people no, are just having strokes that's listening not a bad to deal my at show. Business-wise, if we wanted to talk, you know, that seems like not a bad idea for... What's going on, Diggs? What, what are we... Where are we going now? Oh, cowboy hat guy. Yeah, what's going on? S.G. Ellison's... <laughs> hey, we need to start... That's news. I, we, so they just invested all this time breaking down somebody's Twitter feed to figure out whether or not it's news. Uh, Ian Rappaport goes on the record and he just kind of like, I, yeah, yeah, th- th- those are the numbers. And then McAfee, for some reason, is like, why did we get this fucking story? Well, why didn't you get the story? Because y- your NFL insider here is reading Twitter in order to get the info he's giving you. So that's why you didn't get the story because he's not good we did not hear that i'm not good 33 million over three years that's not a bad deal but here we go that's not this is what you really paid for we wanted to talk you know that seems like not a bad idea for what's going on Diggs? are these confirmed yeah what's going on (laughs) what did we all just spend the last five to ten minutes doing listening to me riff on a whole fucking bunch of jerk-offs that then at the end turned around and are like, are we sure that these are the numbers? I I mean, I, I here in the basements of New Jersey can do fucking, I can do research on the fly. I just have been. I just have been. Nobody's paying me $150 million for this. Fucking holy shit. I can't. I can't. All right. Uh, off we go. So that's all we got. Uh, y- you want to break this down. Th- this is why I'm not overly impressed with any kind of contracts in the NFL. They are all slotted. Uh, the quarterbacks right now, tops. Here's the breakdown. We'll do the average is the first number. The second is the guaranteed total per position. Quarterback. 51 million average that belongs to now Hertz 230 guaranteed that belongs to Watson. Next up you have edge rushers. Edge rushers come in at 30 and a half million per year so you see a 20 million dollar drop off between the quarterback and the number 2 position which is an edge rusher. Right? That is why the signing of a quarterback deal is not Ah, worthy of praise. It's not because the the fucking contracts write themselves. Twenty million above 
the second slotted position. And that will never change. You're not going to see an edge rusher get $50 million a year. They're not. It's a quarterback. So if you are the agent of a quarterback in the NFL and that player starts and is good and is on a good team with the cap space, guess what? He's going to get the money. And if the team doesn't have the cap space, he'll probably get it somewhere else. So that's why none of this is impressive. Anyway, edge... 30 and a half, that's T.J. Watt. Uh, 102 guaranteed is the guaranteed total for an edge, and that's Joey Bosa. And then all the rest of these kind of end up being the same. Um, wide receiver comes in at 3. 26.7 is the leader in average per year. 75 total is uh, the guarantee, total guarantee. Those are both Cooper Cup contracts. Um, offensive line and defensive tackle end up being kind of even. Uh, the one throw-off here is that defensive tackle, it is Aaron Donald, who has a mega contract, and he blows everybody else out of the water uh, at defensive tackle. He's at $31.5 million. Jeffrey Simons just signed for Tennessee at 23.5. So average per year, Donald's eight over Simmons, which is like nuts. Total guarantee ends up being Simmons at 66. Donald uh, is behind him at 60. And then offensive line, which used to be a lot higher, but has fallen over the years, is even. So you take, if you take Donald out of the defensive tackle, offensive line and defensive tackle is basically the same. Um, average per year for offensive linemen, they don't have the Aaron Donald contract in there is 23 and a half is the lead. 64 is Total guaranteed. So, like I said, 64 for offensive linemen, 66 for defensive tackles. Very equatable. Uh, cornerback comes in at 6. at uh, And I'm doing 6 because offensive and defensive line are tied at 4, so the next one up is 6. Cornerback, uh, 21.7 is the highest. That's Jari Alexander uh, out there in Green Bay. And 71 is the total guaranteed money. Denzel Ward for the Browns. Uh, linebacker off-ball comes in after that. That was Roquan Smith. Uh, $20 million with $60 million guaranteed. Safety after that, that was Derwin James uh, at 19.6. I don't know who had uh, his guaranteed money. It was probably Derwin James it is at 42. Tight end after that. So all of a sudden we get back to offense. And be, right after tight end, coming in at 9, above kicker and above punter is running back. 17 million a year. McCaffrey, 36 million a year guaranteed. McCaffrey, good luck to Saquon Barkley trying to pull in monster money when right now your position is slotted at uh, not even nine. Uh, it, it is 10, right? Because I said uh, OLD tackle is four, cornerback is six, linebacker is seven, safety is eight, tight end is nine, running back is 10. 10 of the 12 positions that are listed here running back comes in at 10 so good luck to you Saquon but anyway like I said you put this all you know under the microscope and what you identify is that quarterback contracts write themselves they really do uh is there anything really worthwhile else here talking about uh I don't think so I mean, why do you get the deal done now? You want to just finish it on this? You know, from the pros and cons, right? From the team aspect, the quarterback contract goes down the day you drive it off the lot, just like a car. So this contract is huge now, and it'll diminish every year as it goes on. Just like the 
Pat Mahomes contract before him. Oh, I got it. It is Kay Adams. That was the starlet that I was trying to think of from the NFL Network. Uh, it was Kay Adams. So anyway, just like a car driving it off the lot, the great Pat Mahomes deal was huge at the time. Everybody thought it was a little under what he should have gotten, and now it's like really far under what he should have gotten, and he'll probably get another deal anyway. So, But the contract always diminishes from a team standpoint. That's the pro. You do it now, and you make a benefit on it on the backside. So because dollars go down, and you can restructure, and you kick can down the road, and I, you know, I convert it into a signing bonus or do a restructure, et cetera. From the player aspect, you want the guaranteed money because you are concerned about injury risk and you're con- concerned about your performance going into the goddamn toilet. So from Jalen Hurts, this makes a this kind of makes a ton of sense. If you really wanted to roll the dice, right, you could have played this year out without. You could have bet on yourself, right? You could have done the Kirk Cousins. I bet on myself, and you could have played out this fourth year. And then you could have dealt with all the shitty franchise tags, uh, all that contract negotiation, whatever, and just thrown the dice. But you would have gotten X amount of quarterback contracts in there, specifically the Lamar Jackson one. And then you could have worked off that plus the increase in cap and all the rest of it and got yourself a bigger deal. So from Jalen Hurts' standpoint, you just get a boatload of cash. And it really absolves you from the injury risk or drop in performance because now you just made 180 million fucking dollars. So good for you. And that's why you do it. And like the cons, like I said, it's just the inverse of the pros from each other standpoint. So the team, you know, the person that you just give a shit ton of money to gets injured or stinks, then you're stuck with them. And then from the, you know, the quarterback standpoint, you just locked in your deal. So, you know, the contract's going to diminish the next year. You're going to look down two or three years from now, and you're going to be like, oh, shit. I got completely royally screwed because I should have gotten more money because look at fucking David Carr making uh, a whole shit. Derek Carr? David Carr? I always fuck up the cars. The one that's playing now. D Carr. Uh, Derek, right? It's Derek Carr. Uh, fucking, he's signing for all these millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. Give me a fucking break. I, you know, I should be making more than him. Um, but anyway, and, and that's the pros and the cons from each one. It, it, that's the way it is. So that's the story for the day. I'm going to leave you with a little tidbit here. And this is why it's always questionable to sign a player. Jalen Hurts, it looks super good right now. But let me just give you some stats here, right? So when talking about his contract, the ESPN article that I read said this. Hertz showed tremendous growth as a passer in his second season as the full-time starter, jumping from 19th to 4th in QBR from 54.6 to 66.4 and 26th to 11th in completion percentage from 61.3% up to 66.5%. And then dropping his average time for throw, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, point being is that the QBR went from 54.6 to 66, and then his completion percentage went to 61 to 66 and a half. So again, specific statistics that you were picking out of the air to use to justify, you know, 
why you're saying this guy is great and he deserves all this money. So I am going to give you a couple of players here. And I should I give you the year? No, I'm not going to give you the year. I'm not going to give you the year. I'm just going to give you the statistics. Player A, year one, went from 60, year one to year two. This player went from 60% completion percentage to 67 and a half, seven percentage points up. Yardage stayed the same around 4,300. Touchdowns went from 22 up to 32. 10 touchdown increase. Interceptions stayed the same, went from 12 to 13. Quarterback rating, not the QBR, but the quarterback rating went from 85.5 to 97. The QBR went from 44.5 all the way up to 58. So the two numbers here was a seven point completion percentage increase, right? That was versus five with Jalen Hurts and went up from 44 to 58, a 14 point QBR increase where. Jalen Hurts went 12. So, and I gave you all the other ones, 22 touchdowns up to 32. So that was one player. This player, I, you know, at some point I'm sure this player signed a mega deal. But do you know who that player is? Not giving you the years. Gave you all the numbers. Went up 7% completion percentage. Went up 10 touchdowns. 14 QBR points. And the answer is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. What? Here goes player number two. Player number two. Same stats. 64% up to 67% completion percentage. Goes yardage-wise from 4,000 up to 4,800. Increase of Eight, 800 yards. Eight, not eight. 800, you dummy. 26 touchdowns up to 41. Interceptions also went up from 10 to 17. Quarterback rating went up six points from 96 to 103. 106 and a half, I guess almost seven points. And QBR went up seven points from 61.3 to 69.2. So... QBR didn't go up that much more, but it was already established at 60. Rating went up 6 from 90 into the hundreds. Touchdowns went up 15. Yardage went up 800. And completion percentage 3. What quarterback is that? Come on. You guys can do this. An increase of 800 yards... 15 touchdowns, similar, you know, quarterback ratings and QBR, but they both went up. Do you have the answer? The answer is Matthew Stafford again. <laughs> See what I did there? I did the same player fucking twice. 
So that would be my argument. Now, the years that I picked out there was Matthew Stafford from 2014 to 2015. And if you don't remember what happened in 2015, that was the year that the Lions started off 1-6 and and then fired everybody with the exception of Caldwell, who was under center. Old Wake Forest, way to go, asshole who doesn't wear headsets on the fucking sidelines at Wake Forest, um, somehow landed himself in the NFL. Uh, thanks, Tony Dungy. But anyway, uh, 2015, so they fire him, including Joe Lombardi, who uh, went on to be the Chargers uh, coordinator. Uh, but anyway, they find and they, uh, Joe Bob Cooter, I think, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, whatever. The Cooter guy, uh, not that Cooter, that Cooter. Uh, he ended up uh, being, so that season that they had this huge turnover in terms of coaching is when Matthew Stafford ended up going up from uh, the numbers that I gave. Seven percentage points, uh, 10 touchdowns, 14 QBR points, right? That was in a you know a crazy fucking season where they stunk and he still put up crazy numbers from year to year, year one to year two. The other one was a little slanted and a little screwy. Uh, I, I fucked with that one a little bit only because it was 2020 with the Lions to 2020 and one with the Rams. So there was one extra game, but one extra game doesn't equate to 800 yards and 15 touchdowns. It doesn't. Um, and you can look at the QBR and everything else, and, and the you know his performance numbers went up regardless. There was one extra game, but you know it didn't matter. The point of all of these was that you know Stafford from 14 to 15 was in a terrible situation. Still played well, and the team sucked. And then from 20 to 21. His performance went up because he went to a much better system. So, uh, you know, does Matthew Stafford deserve to be the highest paid quarterback ever? Now, he did get a monster deal just recently, right? Somebody else can Google that shit because it's getting late here and I want to go to bed. But you can look it up for yourselves and I think he got a deal. But if Matthew Stafford was due for... Did he get a contract extension last year? We should do... But if Matthew Stafford... Does he break the bank in 20? I mean, it depends on when his contract's due. It doesn't matter. Where am I going with this? Jesus, Rich, think about what you wanted to say. What I wanted to say was that I would never in a million years make Matthew Stafford the the highest paid quarterback in the league because he's never shown that he was worth it. But you put him into the Rams with a good system and a bunch of other things going for you, you look great, and you win a Super Bowl. And then you just have to deal with the contract and whether or not the player was worth it or not. Pat Mahomes, completely different story. As soon as he comes up for a contract, give him whatever the fuck he wants. Matthew Stafford? (laughs) I mean, do we have to? Oh, his contract's up, he's a quarterback? I guess we do. It's the same thing with Hurts. Hurts can go on from now and be a phenomenal quarterback. And maybe you turn around and you're like, wow, he really <laughs> he really got a steal there if you were the Eagles by signing him to that contract when you did. And uh, on the flip side, from Urch, you're like, you know, you should have played out that one extra year because you would have gotten a whole lot fucking more. But then again, two, three years from now, uh, shit happens, wide receivers leave, I, you know, the system doesn't work. Remember, the Eagles lost both their offense and defensive coordinator. There are a couple of question marks here, whether or not that the success is going to translate without stitching, right? Him leaving. Same thing with the defense. 
they get bounced wild card round or they win the divisional or they lose the divisional, whatever they end up doing, or Hurts blows out his knee and they don't even make it. You just don't know. And so, you know, the story here is that a quarterback on the Super Bowl losing team who had a phenomenal year happened to be up for a contract. They redid it, and it was the biggest one ever. And I think that this is getting blown up more by the simple fact that Lamar Jackson, who has an MVP and was a starter from day one, and this same thing kind of happened to, right? They traded up, they grabbed him in the second round, they made him the starter, and off he went. This one kind of snuck under the radar. Jackson was the bigger name. Jackson came up first, didn't get the deal, and then all of a sudden the Eagles snuck this one in there. And away we go. So that that was the deal. But anyway, as for the <laughs> short little quick hitters that uh, I said I was going to do, uh, it didn't happen today. Uh, not at all. Because it's fucking, I don't know. I think I'm a close to hour in here. So, uh, but I couldn't help it. This one was too juicy. I wanted to be, you know, 20 minutes in and out with this, but there was just too much. And then when I started looking up all these goddamn fucking characters that went into the stories, Nicole Lind, and trying to get Mina Kimes, and that landed me on fucking Stephen A. I was just. I got lost in the weeds. I got lost in the weeds. So the next person can go and do a goddamn Jacktober, and uh, this show sucks, this podcast sucks, whatever, on this one right here. Uh, it was not how I intended it. But anyway, thanks for listening. I'm going to bed. Peace, and I'm outie.